My grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, hold on a sec. This is a reminder. I got to make a phone call real quick. Sorry. I know, right in the middle of service, right? Let me see if I can get a hold of them. Just ringing. Nothing but ringing. Let's not be anybody home. All right, hold on. Try something else. Busy signal. Remember that signal? That's not good. Get one other number I can try here. Straight to voicemail. Man, this is frustrating. These reminders to call these people back, and I just want to talk to somebody. Can't even get a hold of anybody. You know, I had this happen to me recently. Let me tell you how frustrating this is. My refrigerator went out four months ago. Had this home plan through Sears, right? So I get on the phone with Sears, and I call out a technician. He comes out. They came out three different times, still couldn't figure it out. I just want a new refrigerator at this point because it's covered under warranty. So they give me a number to call. So I call that number. And of course, you don't talk to anybody live anymore, right? It's all automated. So I get to this one and, and, and they finally connect me with a live person after 45 minutes on the phone. That person says, oh, I'm sorry, you got the wrong department. I'm going to connect you to another department. Now, this is 830 at night by this time, right? They close at nine. Half an hour later, I get the, sorry, our office is closed, call back in the morning. Call again a few days later, right? I get it transferred for the fourth time to yet another number. I still haven't talked to anybody about my stupid refrigerator. Four months and I still don't have a refrigerator. How frustrating it is when you want to get a hold of somebody and you can't get a hold of them. It's like people, you know, I just, I don't want to leave a message. I don't want to talk to an automated, I want to talk to, to somebody. I want a live voice on the other line. It's very frustrating when you want someone to listen to your call, but nobody answers, nobody's home. You get the busy signals or, and all that stuff. And you know, last week we saw God send the angel Gabriel to deliver a message to Mary. And this week, Gabriel makes another appearance. Our Bible lesson today tells us about Zechariah and Elizabeth, right? And it's kind of in the same manner that it happened to, to Mary. They had prayed about having a son, even at their age. But not only did they pray about having a son for themselves, they also remembered the promise that God had. So they prayed about that too, about the coming of the Savior. So they prayed, and finally, God knew um, what they had prayed about. So he sends Gabriel down to him. And Gabriel stands there, right? Now, remember, Zechariah is a priest in the temple. One day he's in the temple, and suddenly Gabriel materializes, right? Stood beside the altar. Remember, angels are messengers of God, right? And so this particular angel, God had sent to deliver this message to Zechariah. God had heard the prayers of Zechariah and Elizabeth. They would now have a son, and they were going to call him John. Now, John would have special work to do for God. This isn't just any work. This is not God just saying, oh, yeah, I heard your request. I'm going to give you a son. No, this is, this is what your son's going to do. It's time for God uh, to, to send his son Jesus into the world. But John's job would be to help people to get ready to welcome a Savior. 
totally different. Think about our purpose in life, too. What we're called to be as Christians, to pair the way, to spread the gospel, to give God's word. This is very special for John, to go and prepare the way for the coming of Christ. God heard and answered these prayers of Zechariah and Elizabeth, and God hears and answers our prayers too, or does he? When can you pray to God? Let's start there. Well, we pray in church all the time, right? Pray at work, pray at your home, hopefully. Pray in school. If you're like me, you pray in the car sometimes when nobody else is around, hoping that people don't think that you're crazy because you're muttering. And, you know, I, I tend to pray out loud when I'm in the car. Um, and you can pray to God at all times and, and in all places. Is God always listening? Of course he is. We just don't think he is sometimes. Why is that? Chew on that for a minute. God hears and answers our prayers. So sometimes his answers might be different than what we think they should be. Might be different than what we want to happen. But God knows everything, and he also knows what's best for us. I always go back to, uh, to Luke chapter 11, where Jesus says this, And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. And then Jesus says this, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? We can trust that God will answer our prayers according to God's will and what's best for us. I think that gets lost sometimes when we pray. You know how frustrating it is for us when we can't get a hold of somebody. Imagine how frustrated God must have been when he sent his prophets to Israel. Imagine how frustrated God must have been when Jesus came to earth and was rejected and abandoned by some of his own disciples. Imagine how frustrated God must be when he can't get through to us because we don't want to hear his message. So if we're getting that frustrated, imagine how God feels. But God loves us, and he wants us to pray. That's our form of communication with him. This is what he teaches us. And Jesus, one day the disciples went to Jesus and asked him to teach them how to pray. And so what did Jesus do? Taught him the Lord's Prayer. Why don't we take a moment together to say the Lord's Prayer together? Slowly, not quickly, but slowly, and ponder those words. Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Think about that prayer for a second. Think about how simplistic that prayer is. 
What does that prayer encompass? Providence, the glory and might and power of God. Remember that it also encompasses the coming of the kingdom. That first line, thy kingdom come. We're asking his kingdom to come. We're asking for, well, Jesus has come. God is with us. But how many of us are spending time in prayer communicating with God? I had this pastor at the Lutheran Haven years ago that I worked with on a garden project. And one day we got talking, done talking about things. And I said, all right, Pastor Helmich, I'll, uh, I'll email you the information. He says, I don't have email. Don't bother. You'll never get a response out of me. You'll just be frustrated by it. I said, all right, well, then I'll text message you. I don't do that either. I said, what do you have? He says, I have an email. I kind of laughed at it at first, and I thought, and he, he looked at me seriously, and he goes, no. I spend a lot of time communicating with God. That's how I communicate. I said, okay, do you want me to go to God and have him send you the message? He said, no. My, what I'm telling you is the face-to-face conversation. This is how we interact and talk with people, but this is how we as people talk to God. Prayer. Communication. Keeping the lines open. Sometimes we pray to God and we feel like He doesn't answer us. And we get frustrated. But maybe what we're praying for is not according to God's will. Maybe God knows that what we're praying for isn't really good for us in that moment in time either, even though we have the best intentions for it. I also had a counselor point that out to me one time. I was struggling with some things in life and and, and dealing with some people who were very close to me who were on the throes of passing away, and I was talking to this counselor about it, and he says, you know, Raleigh, he goes, sometimes we want to just reach out and give them the pastoral shake and everything's going to be better and say all these words. And sometimes we pray to God for these miracles to happen. And then he said this, but maybe it's not good for that person to continue to live that way because we're trying to hang on to it. That for me was an eye opener and an ear opener, really, to think, you're right. It's according to God's will, not according to mine. It's about what God wants that's best for us. And so that ties back in with prayer then because we shouldn't give up on praying. We should always be praying to God before anything that we do as a congregation, as individuals, as families. Because apart from God, what can we really accomplish? Not much. But if we're praying about it, God will lay it on us. He'll show us where we need to go. Uh, We may not be like John. We may not have that uh, specific duty. But you never know at one moment in time where God's going to call you to proclaim His Word, to do His work. Are you prepared for it? What's the best way to prepare? Pray. Maybe then that's what we need to do. And when you look at the Lord's Prayer, it speaks of providence, protection, God's glory, the coming of His kingdom, which is the great promise that God has given to each and every one of us We've asked God to forgive our sins and deliver us from evil. Remember that other part of that, just as we forgive those who sin against us, right? There's parts and pieces to that, but that's all connected to prayer. You know, and and then our sins, that's why Jesus came. That's why we pray for his kingdom to come. He came to die on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. He rose up from the dead, overcoming death, devil, and sin. Sent it into heaven and took his rightful place next to his father. And he hears us. 
So don't stop praying. And as we celebrate Advent and the first coming of Christ at Christmas, we live out that hope of His second coming then. A hope that's fostered by our God who walks with us and talks with us in our daily lives. A God who has an open hotline 24-7, 365 days of the year. Got that special red phone like they do in the White House, only this is better. So I pray this Advent season, my friends, that we journey together with an open line of communication with God, constantly in prayer. A God who listens and responds according to His will for our best interests, because He loves us. To God be all the glory. Amen.